Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One, two, three, four. Filled with awe and fright. See Jurassic right. Bathe in ember light. See Jurassic right. See Jurassic right. Right, right. See Jurassic right. Right, right. See Jurassic right. Right, right. See Jurassic right. See Jurassic right. See Jurassic Park. Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and today is a new episode of Park Experts, a segment where I chat with my guests about Jurassic Park, dinosaurs, and everything in between, in a more casual setting than season one in the forthcoming season two episodes. So don those khaki shorts, and don't forget your Hawaiian shirt, and let's dive in. This week's guest, Jurassic community leader, talented photographer, and podcaster Tom Fishenden, aka Tom Jurassic. A supportive and inspiring voice in our little Jurassic circle, you can find Tom on the Jurassic Park podcast, on social putting out fantastic toy photography, and also posing lots of interesting questions, not only about the Jurassic Park films, but how we approach fandom in general. We chat about life in between Jurassic Park sequels, life after Jurassic World 3, and why the Jurassic franchise is led by its community and not the other way around, and more. Hold on to your butts and enjoy the show. I just want to spend my Jurassic June just talking to as many people and to just to just relive it, you know, a little bit. Because, I mean, 
like that's the thing of you know this is this June isn't gonna be this June isn't as crazy you know it, there's no trip to London there's no uh, you know new movie released and everything so I'm like I have to figure out yeah. a way to keep it to you know keep it you know hype in that way or whatever yeah no I get that 100% I've um, as you've seen I had my content calendar so I wanted to post something every single day and then um, beyond that I had my trip to Frontier which was really cool and then um, obviously the wedding coming up so congrats again to Jennifer Tarek and Josh Evans on their union and the beautiful Jurassic slash Disney themed ceremony that they had be sure to check out their projects the Jurassic Vault and the Bryce Dallas Howard Network I had a fantastic time interviewing Jennifer about all that stuff and it'll be dropping in a couple of weeks should be good. <laughs> yeah, you have you ha- you have um, some stuff planned, so that's you're making you're making it a, a, a not second Jurassic June, but you know a Jurassic June to remember. Tom Fishenden, it is great to have you back on the show. Um, we're not in it's a great bu- to be back. We're not in a bush um, <laughs> outside. Uh, why did I just say outside the Queen's house? That's not right. <laughs> I mean, it's close enough, you know, Um, and it is raining here today. It is literally the same weather we had last time. So, I mean, we might as well be in a bush podcast in for you know. I just love that we're podcasting under a tree while it's raining just outside Buckingham Palace. Yeah, (laughs) it is um, a nice location. I'm from the area. I live an hour outside London and I have no idea which park we're sitting in, which is always good. But it's just really nice. It's kind of like, it almost gives me that kind of eco dome vibe. Do you know the things where you get like all the twigs and they grow around it and make a dome? Yes, it I has do. That kind of vibe going for it. It's really cool. Actually, you know what? That's, I mean, it literally is, I think, a year. I think that was like the ninth or the 10th when we were yeah. chatting outside Bucking, Buckingham Palace. Why am I? It's, it's not that early for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it was such a, it's so funny. I just realized that the last person I talked to besides the SJR live show was Clayton. So we were reminiscing a bit about it too. And he was, he was reminiscing about his trip to London as well too. And it was, again, I just, the image of all of us with like little notebooks or whatever, like watching fallen kingdom and just trying to like, (laughs) we're all tag teaming. You watch this corner of the screen. That to me is, that to (laughs) me is like peak, Jurassic Park community, like why, why I love it, you know? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And it's being able to have that kind of like discussion with somebody while you're sitting watching it. You don't get with everyone. Cause obviously like in the cinema, I know when I go with just my casual friends, um, especially if it's a film franchise, I'm really into half the time I can turn around and be like, Oh, look at this little detail there. And I'll just be like, Oh, what are you going on about? I've got no idea what you're talking about. So it's really <laughs> great um, when you get that experience with people who are really on that same level. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, speaking of which, I feel like just the, getting the most important question out of the way. So it's been a year uh, since Fallen Kingdoms come out. Have you yep. rewatched the film? Have you, have, has it, cause I know, I know you had more, you know, kind of, complex feelings towards the film when it first came out so i guess yeah since it since a year since it's been a year since it's come out um how is your how have your thoughts evolved evolved that's a 
<laughs> and we're we're just getting ourselves into to the Jurassic pun game early, but I like uh, it. No, it's good. Yeah, how have your thoughts uh, evolved or changed since the films come out? Okay, so um, it's interesting because obviously um, when I saw it the first time, I did an audio recording of my reaction and I tweeted about it and got quite a bit of flack on my tweet, if I remember correctly. I think I deleted it in the end. Oh, no. So I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I was literally just like, oh, yeah, I really didn't enjoy it the first time I saw it. Um, and I think that's because it was so different than anything we had seen before. So obviously within the con... Um, Con, oh, what am I looking for? Context. There we go. Wow, I proper struggled with that as well. There, um, within the context of Jurassic World, you kind of have this open park that's really um, immersive. It's a really well built world. It's kind of got this sense of awe and wonder about it because it's this fictional theme park. Um, so then to go and tear all of that down and tell a story which was actually at moments quite brutalistic um especially when you know it comes to scenes like the brachiosaur gets me every time um i feel like that was a lot harder hitting um and so that probably explains a lot about why my initial thoughts and my initial reception to it was the way it was um but that said when i've watched it back there is a lot that it does right um i mean i know everybody talks about it but one thing that a fallen kingdom does is give us some of the most beautiful cinematography I think we have ever seen in a Jurassic film. Yeah. Like there's so many shots and so many shots that didn't make it in as well. Um, <laughs> like in some of the behind the scenes stuff where we see Owen walking along the river up to the Ford Explorer. Um, that is the best that I think Nublar has ever looked on screen. So that was really, really cool. Um, and I also like how it did go in a different direction. Um, that was something that I wasn't really receptive to at first but i feel like it had to because you know what else are you going to do you can't <laughs> constantly tell the same story rehash it um so i really like how actually it kind of dips into more of those Crichton-esque mm -hmm. concepts um, and it explores a lot more about science now do you think in some ways they felt again they felt like they had to sort of change directions but do you think there there is a world where Fallen Kingdom was two movies where the, you know, the first one ends with them, you know, ends with uh, the destruction of Nublar and there's a cliffhanger of whether or not blue will survive yeah. and where are we going to, you know, where are these dinosaurs being taken? I mean, is that even a good, is there enough there for something like that? Or, or, and do you think oh, that definitely, um, I, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how the film has changed a lot and I think that was one of the initial concepts and I kind of feel like that would have in many ways been more of an interesting way to do it because then um, I'm going to apologise if anyone can hear the rain now and it's really picking up oh, here. I love um, that. No, no, we're, yeah. we're keeping with the atmosphere. I mean, it'd probably cover up we the... Are. Occasional... I'm waiting for a Dilophosaurus squeal. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, and it'll cover up the lawnmower asaurus that might occasionally pop in or out on my end, so... <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for yeah. that, but um, yeah, continue. But no, yeah, so, um, oh, what was I saying? Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see um, a version of the film where the ending is um, essentially dinosaurs go out into the wild, leave it on a cliffhanger, and that's it for the franchise for a while. Um, but I kind of feel like, and as much as I hate to say it, I do think that the direction that Fallen Kingdom ultimately took maybe to do with longevity of finance. 
So obviously, when you look at Universal's other properties, um, especially when it comes to Fast and Furious, they have kind of got into the habit of iterating and doing lots of sequels and setting up for those. So I kind of feel like they've seen that same potential here now, and that's why ultimately um, the story was combined so much so that they were able to just then go straight out into that bigger world where they now, obviously, as we've seen with um, Camp Cretaceous and everything else, they've now got got so many more stories that they can go away and explore i think yeah you know we don't know any details about how many episodes or things like that but you know for, for those who don't know camp cretaceous will be the new netflix animated series that comes out next year and you, you know some of those netflix shows have multiple seasons and, and yeah. stuff like that and just the idea that we're going to get that much new content in that universe is like really exciting to me um, for sure, especially in that kind of year, which is the run up to Jurassic World 3, because not only are we going to have all of the marketing begin to kick off, but we're going to have kind of this consistent Jurassic presence there as well. Yeah, I, I mean, and in, in, I'm sure somebody will start to do that digging, but like how many, you know, how many uh, like, well, we get two seasons a year or something like that, because I feel like certain shows like BoJack or some of those more kid-friendly animated shows, I feel like they almost turn, they turn them around so quickly now between seasons. Yeah. It's like less than six months, it feels like. It's like shows um, like The Walking Dead as well, isn't it? By the time it comes around to the first half of the season premiering on telly, they're out there filming the second half. So it is crazy how um, I think the whole film and television world has become very much about fast turnaround now and i i think that's interesting because you know in terms of jurassic there's a lot of stories still to explore a lot of places that we haven't been yet so i think there's definitely things they could do um but i'll just yeah be interested to see like you say will it have that quick turnaround are we looking at something that's going to be multiple seasons and if so where could it go yeah i mean you know you know possibly you know possibly in the double digits as far as episodes go and, and lore explored and things like that. But you you also just made me think right now too, we make a movie like Fallen Kingdom, which, you know, content goes, is getting a, you know, doing a lot, you know, like the, the, the travel to the Arcadia, they're basically like, like, we don't have time to show this whole ship journey in any kind of realistic way. So we're just going to like, yeah. we're just going to make it California because then it at least kind of feels you know, we'll kind of show the passage of time and, it, you know, it it feels like it's a few days, like maybe a day or two at the most or something. But yeah. do you, I, I, this makes me think because, you know, a big conversation is, you know, is Jurassic World 3 the end of this kind of era of Jurassic? But then you're, but you bring up a good point of like iterating because the, fran the Fast and the Furious franchise has evolved so much. And it makes me think, are, are they setting this up for a world with dinosaurs and all new protagonists? And it's like, you know, maybe set a few decades in the future or something like that. And it's almost yeah. like the, the world of Jurassic Park is kind of the mythos of like a whole new cast of characters. Maybe it's like, <laughs> maybe it's like a, a, not ancestor. Maybe it's like a, you know, Macy's kids or, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever. I don't know. But it just, I'm like, I feel like that's a big question on our mind is like, because Jurassic is now kind of really finding its feet again, as far as mainstream success, it, it almost seems weird that they're just going to end it after one more movie. 
It does, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think in terms of especially from a financial standpoint, if you are obviously Universal Studios, it's not going to make sense to end it now because you've got so much in the way of potential profit that um, it, it really is not logical to let it go. Um, but that said, I really hope that whatever they do... Um, and the stories they tell are meaningful because I think with films like um, obviously the best example of it is The Last Jedi films can go on for so long that they become disenfranchised with what fans want from them <laughs> and then ultimately you know that can cause big issues so I don't want Jurassic to see anything like that I think if we are getting into this point where we're going to see multiple stories then each one of them needs to feel well thought out um, and it needs to feel quite grounded which is, is why I'm interested to see where these things go and like what kind of content Camp Cretaceous will have because I think it'll be a good indicator for what else we'll potentially see in the future. Yeah, and and sometimes I wonder too that if you know if if this idea for kind of moving away from the world of these movies, then maybe you can get you can you can kind of solve a few problems that have come with you know keeping up a a 20 almost 30 year old franchise alive where if if you know you're not dealing with the modern characters and those problems and the really promising thing the thing that kind of is more startling to me the more i watch fallen kingdom as far as like implications i mean besides just a few dinosaurs getting out into the wild and stuff the idea that woo's technology the woo is no longer the only person making a dinosaur yes and yeah so now for people who might be like wait but you know Jurassic Park being saddled with the baggage of the science from 25 years ago. It's like, well, in in any new iteration, it's like you don't have to worry about that. You can have feathers. You can have, you can kind of bring back some of that educational element, um, you know, because it's not going to yeah. be kind of stuck in this particular, you know, the universe can kind of expand in a way. Um, but I don't know. I yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think it's interesting as well because um, one of the biggest things I heard coming out of Fallen Kingdom was, oh, it's like 10 dinosaurs out in the wild. They'll get caught in no time. But actually you pick up on the point that so many people missed on their first viewing, I think, which is that it's not the dinosaurs that are out there, it's the technology. And that's what matters moving forwards. Yeah, no, it that to me was exciting. Um and again, as far as Fallen Kingdom goes, I mean, what, you know, as, again, as far as your opinion evolving and changing, yeah. I guess, is that one of the most exciting elements coming out of the film or, or I mean, in, in as far as like, and then as well as like, what are some least exciting, like what stuff still kind of <laughs> like rubs you the wrong way? Like I, yeah. I, I was saying in the one year Fallen Kingdom retrospective, it's, I, I think I've kind of finally come around to that idea of like, yes, uh, weaponized dinosaurs is is actually more science fact than science fiction. Well, not weaponized dinosaurs, I guess. <laughs> wow, what would, that would be a crazy world that we we realize we're <laughs> no, in. No, but you were saying weaponized animals, weren't you? I yeah, think it's true. Yeah, but but I've kind of I kind of now rewatching Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. I, I I feel like I've really come around to the idea of like you know what there really is nowhere to take weaponized animals in a way that we kind of like, I guess for me, I, I can see the weakness of that and that kind of leads to nowhere. So that's something for me where as far as like my opinion changing over the year, like that stuff now has like grown weaker in my eyes. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that it seems like they're not going to pursue that in future sequels. 
No, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think in terms of, for me, the points that were strongest are obviously, um, like we were talking about Wu, because I think that technology moving forwards is really, really exciting, um, just because there's so much potential to explore lots of different stories there. Um, And I also... I really like the idea of the dinosaur protection group because I think it's kind of cool having a group associated with this because I think, again, you know, talking about longevity, that's something that they can move forwards because there's more need for a group like that um, now more than ever. But um, the the thing that still really, really rubs me the wrong way, to be honest, and it's just got worse over time, <laughs> is um, Lockwood just because it's so, so apparent that he was just dropped into the story to hit those nostalgia beats and to still give us a reference to Jurassic Park. And he just, like, yeah, you get some throwaway lines like, oh, this is made the, this is where they made the first dinosaurs, stuff like that. But it, it really is apparent that, you know, this character hasn't been in this franchise before and they're just dropping him in so they can kind of tackle those original beats. Um, so I, de- I definitely think that's something that should be explored and it's a shame because it, it really does feel like this franchise is moving forwards um, and it's moving very very heavy on Jurassic World as a license as opposed to Jurassic Park um, so obviously with things like Camp Cretaceous you've got the red and yellow colour scheme but it's still Jurassic World um, whereas I think now with Lockwood there's definitely scope to go back and tell stories but I don't know if that's something they want to do because I get the feeling that they want to just keep it moving forwards yeah I, I agree I mean it's it's kind of how I feel like I really love evolution of Claire, but I also, yeah. I also think it was universal being very smart with recontextualizing Claire's journey as, you know, because Jurassic world, her character is not as likable and stuff. And so, you know, maybe in some part, her original journey was just kind of starting from there, but now they kind of have sort of not retconned it because we didn't really know her background before, but it, evolution of Claire makes it so that when we see her in fallen kingdom, the idea is that she is finding herself again and becoming Jurassic world is her like corrupted self and evolution of Claire kind of like, yeah, like kind of not retcons it, but sort of contextualizes it to make it more um, interesting. And yeah, I want, and then in relation to Lockwood, I think you're right. It, it, you know, it, it, because this has been a franchise that's been kind of pieced together versus, you know, planned out from the beginning. It's, and again, I I agree with you, the franchise, they're, they're more interested in moving forward than say like doing a solo or a rogue one kind of style adventure. Like I I also agree that I I just don't see them putting in the time and effort to do stuff like that. No. Yeah. I I agree a hundred percent. And I was just going to say quickly, it feels like, um, it's at the point where that hasn't been done up until this point. So I kind of get the feeling it's like, well, why would we start now? Yeah. I mean, I, I even wonder, you know, the, I mean, I love, you know, to me, the line about, you know, the like, uh, I keep calling her OG Macy, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like to me, one of the most evocative parts of Fallen Kingdom is, you know, she would have saved them all. And I'm like, what does that even, Yeah. It to me, it's, it's, it's kind of evocative in, in a way that like Obi-Wan and the original New Hope, you know, like the clone wars and you know, you, your head starts spinning of like, well, what is this? You know? Yeah. You think about the other stories that are out there to be told. Yeah. But it's, that's my thing of, in, in a way the kind of 
like you're saying, unsatisfying parts of, of kind of tacking on this new lore. It's like part of me just doesn't feel confident that they're ever going to bring her OG Macy up ever again, unless it becomes integral to like the plot of Jurassic world three. But I don't know, like you're saying, like why, you know, Jurassic park is a franchise where the only flashbacks we get are on video, like on, you know, people recording on video screens. So it's like, yeah, I don't see them. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows? I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, I'm open obviously to all possibilities, but um, yeah, you bring up a really good point that it's it's hard to imagine them ever exploring any of that stuff. You know, a Lockwood Hammond, you know, prequel Netflix. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that where I'm like, yeah. I, I would I think, lo- love all that stuff. But I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of fans would really engage with it as well, because it's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of any good examples, really. Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Now, I've heard a lot of people referring to this with um Obviously, um, oh my god, I completely forgot the name for a second. Camp Cretaceous, there we go. <laughs> um, and kind of drawing the parallels between them. But even then, I think the concept of the Clone Wars speaks wonders for what they could do with Jurassic. When you look at the Clone Wars, it was a case of going, hey, there's this untapped potential that we have referred to as the Clone Wars. Anything could have happened in that period of time. We've never expanded on it. People have asked us about it, so why don't we go back and open that up now? Um, And that ended up being one of the most successful things that the Star Wars franchise has ever done, Um, to the point where a fan campaign is bringing back another season well after it got cancelled. So I think that speaks volumes to the fact that actually people do have an appetite for more world-building and not just in a linear fashion. They don't mind going back and re-engaging with old topics because actually they can add even greater context to that overall franchise and it can be really enriching for it. You know, you know, I think maybe what would make and again, I think you're 100 percent correct in terms of I, I always use that example. And maybe we talked about it when we were hanging out, but like death, uh, deathly, death eaters, part one, um, deathly hollow, deathly hollows part one. There's such a big chunk of the beginning of that movie devoted to, hey, we didn't put this, we didn't put all this essential information in the other Harry Potter movies. So now we kind of yeah. have to just cram it in because there's no time, you know what I mean? We didn't, you know, the books, we didn't, excuse me, we didn't, uh, we didn't, we started making these movies after or before we finished the books. So um, to me, that's, to me, it's kind of the same thing with Lockwood where it's like, yeah, we understand that they needed to create all this stuff to engage in these new stories and push it in a new direction. But it, it is, I think what would be satisfying for me on some level, if maybe not like a Hammond, um, Hammond Lockwood prequel or something, but maybe some element of tying the events of, of Lockwood and maybe original Macy and, but set in the time during the original Jurassic park so that it, you know, it feels a little bit more connected because yeah, it is right now where it's like, even the events of that Lockwood talk about, they're not even really tied to the original Jurassic park. It's not like, Oh yeah. And uh, I left before, uh, you know, these, uh, these three scientists came there for the weekend, you know, I was like, I'm getting the hell out (laughs) of here, you know? So it's not even really like, it's not like rogue one or something where it's like specifically tied to a time and place. I mean, I think uh, maybe I'll get your opinion on this, but you know, nobody has anybody even tried to figure out when the Lockwood, like when this falling out happened, when they're, I I keep calling it their breakup. Like, when did this breakup happen? Like, is that something that they're even gonna explore? Like, or are they going to ever refer to it again? Kind of thing. 
Mm. I think with that, it definitely would have been before the 93 incident, just because obviously we know that um, Maisie had visited the park. Although, that said, there is absolutely nothing whatsoever saying that there weren't more visitors on the island at the time that um, Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler and Ian Malcolm were there. Because it could have been that maybe... You know, Lockwood, like, let's just say, for example, Lockwood had been working on different parts of the park to Hammond. It could be that maybe he had been more involved in visualising phase two of Jurassic Park, which we know um, some of the infrastructure was at least on Nublar. So it could have been that maybe he was showing Maisie that and where he imagined it going in the future. So that, you know, yeah, like you say, it's quite a fluid timeline at the moment. Um, And it's interesting because I can't remember... I think it was Aaron and Brad on the bonus episode they did for the um, Camp Cretaceous, again, going back to it, were saying that actually there's a lot of fluidity in terms of the times we can explore. So it's a shame in some ways that Camp Cretaceous is set in like the same weekend as Jurassic World or (laughs) whenever it is, because there's so much more out there that could be added to and contextualized as well. Yeah, and I know for you, Jurassic World you know, is one of your more um, kind of Jurassic origin stories being, being a youthful gentleman. um, (laughs) Do you think it seems like there's a huge appeal in returning to that time period? I think like having the fact that we're going to have two TV shows, you know, having the Lego TV show also set kind of around the same time. Is it just because it it's, we want that idea of the open park and wanting to just get to sit, like kind of get to mull around in that time more. Do you think that's why people, or do you, or I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I was gonna, I know you were about to, um, ask me something else there, but this is something I've been thinking no, no, about that, a lot recently. So I'm always like straight there with it. No, no, that's, um, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you. Wicked. Cool. Um, yeah. So I, I think that really it's all to do with, um, the original marketing for the film and the fact that it did such a good job building this really immersive Isla Nublar resort that it created somewhere that I think loads of fans actually wanted to be able to explore. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got um, some physical representation of that with things like Waterloo Station, which was redecorated to be Nublar for a day. Wow. Um yeah, that was cool. I'm really gutted. I missed that. Um, but stuff like that, I just think, has really built this kind of massive appeal around the island and the resort because they got it to the point where it felt so real that people really wanted to go and explore it. Um, and obviously that's using marketing techniques and things which really didn't exist back in 1993. So marketing as a whole is a lot more immersive now than it used to be. Um And because of that, I think it's really shaped kind of the impact that that park and that concept behind it has really had on audiences. And it's really made people um, want to engage with it a lot more, I think. So I definitely think that that has influenced it. And that's why there's so much appeal around it now, because people just want to get more of that park. And, you know, it's like it's the same reason Jurassic World Evolution was a success and it made over a million pounds or a billion, however much it was in the end. Um, I think it was a million. because people want to be able to go back and re-explore these places and reimagine them and get a lot more hands-on with them and then say 40 50 minutes of screen time in between other sequences actually allows yeah no that's that's a really good point and 
I was going to say two things about that. I, speaking of immersive experiences, I remember going to a big outdoor mall here in Southern California when around when Lost World coming out and remembering yep. the entire mall was decorated around the theater with like the kind of like cage, like the cages and stuff from Lost That's World and Jurassic cool. and like big, just like, you know, they dragged in giant like fern planters and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we've come a long way with immersion, but, um, and, and we didn't even mention, which I, by the time this comes out, I, I believe it'll be open as, I mean, it, they, they've been so vague about it, but at this point now, even I've seen them doing tests about it. Again, the ride is now officially open. You can check out last week's mini set for my full breakdown and review. But Jurassic World, the ride, I mean, you, yeah. you, you're bringing back three of your principal cat. I mean, your three main principal casts, um, in order to, again, relive part of, uh, that specific part of the franchise, the, you know, the Jurassic World, you know, time. So, yeah they really are spending i mean i guess there's i mean would you really want to just spend time with the countdown of a volcano about to explode or you know <laughs> lockwood's manor there isn't you know you're you're 100 correct in that idea of like there's just so much immersion there and immersive immersive opportunities that it's like yeah why why wouldn't yeah. we spend more time with jurassic world instead of say fallen kingdom or you know jurassic park 3 or something it just makes sense because it, it's like a real life sandbox. So there's so much that I, I like how I say real life sandbox, but the whole <laughs> term sandbox actually comes from a real life sandbox. So that is a thing. Um, but <laughs> that, that's just blown my mind on a whole different level. But no, um, <laughs> we're, we're learning a lot today. <laughs> we, we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's interesting because there's so many like different opportunities to explore there. Like say, say for example, the VR blue game that was really successful, there's nothing stopping them doing like a VR experience in the petting zoo and um, a VR experience where you go through T-Rex kingdom, you know, because they took the time to actually invest and really, really build that world to the point where we see a lot of it compared to in Jurassic park, where we just get hints of it on like, um, the brochures or with the Dilophosaurus paddock. Here we actually see this real world unfold in front of us. Um, and I think because of that, it's just sparked so much interest in it. Like the the one shot in this film, Jurassic World, that to this day still gives me shivers is the shot where Grey opens the doors in the hotel and you just see the whole world unfold before him. Because that's something that I don't think they've ever done before. And because they actually doubled down and built that world to be so immersive. It's just opened so many doors in terms of the stories that they can tell there for sure. Ugh, there's a digital version of that, of that, you know, um, like, you know, that lagoon front property. We, we yeah. could go inside all the different restaurants and in shops yes. and things like that. Is that Jurassic world Explorer? Oh, I, I just mean, I wonder when they were, you know, the digital assets for Jurassic world, if there's, you know, like oh yeah you know, oh. you know it, it's they they because i i forget who posted it but when 4k this was a while ago i know jurassic vault now is, is has been doing a lot of great work but i think this was a while ago because i saw the movie in 4k when i visited my mom last year yeah um and just that idea of like them then i forget who it was on twitter posting a screen grab in 4k and it's like you can see people on the beach and like you know 
there's a oh, very... I remember seeing that going around where people were pointing out that it went that far to the point where they had actually rendered in people on the beaches and things. The like amount of detail that went into it was crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, it's, I, I mean, I think in some ways, yeah. I mean, we're also, it's just the obvious fact that it's like, yeah, we wouldn't want to go there. Um, yeah. um, uh, I was going to say, as far as, cause I'm trying to think of when the last time, you know, we caught up with you cause you've been, uh, you know, on this podcast in particular, but I guess also how is your, you know, it, it is crazy to think that on that episode, I asked you and Clayton, like, what are you guys going to be doing in the next year? And now it's a year later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how has that year been for you? Um, as far as Jurassic and, and you know, and engaging and, and making great stuff. I mean, again, your your photos and uh, the figures and, and all the Jurassic World Evolution stuff has been super awesome to look at and follow. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um yeah, doing stuff like that has been really cool. But also, I've—I I don't know—I feel like I've had so many doors open up in the past year that it's been really, really cool to kind of engage at a much greater level. Um, so some of my highlights would be doing the reviews on Jurassic collectibles of the Lego sets, um, in particular the Fallen Kingdom ones. But also, I've just done the new sets that released this year, which was really fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited cool. to to to. I'll, I'll link those obviously in the show notes, but I'm excited to take a look at those as well. Yeah, they're really nice. I think they release August first in the states. I don't know why you guys got the delayed street date, um, but yeah, they come out August the first there, and they're really cool. Um, I've got to do a couple of bits with Mattel, which has been fun. I got sent the um, Snap Squad to review on Jurassic Collectibles, which was really cool. I got sent one of the Dino Rivals boxes that they were yes. sending out to people in the community, which was really cool. Um, and also, like you say, with Evolution, I've actually had the chance to really engage with that community over the past year. Um, so I've been up to the studio a couple of times. I'm really good friends with um, quite a few of the people who work there. Bo, in particular, who's the head community manager. Um, she's amazing and always really, really supportive of making content, which is really nice. Um, and I also got to organize a community meetup for Jurassic World Ev uh, Evolution. There we go. I can get the name out eventually. Um, and that was really cool because as part of that, I had Jurassic World Evolution fans come. But I also had um, a couple of people who I've met through see Jurassic Right come as well, which was really cool. So um beth colette if you're both listening shout out to you guys it was really cool getting to see both of you um so yeah it's just been really fun kind of over the past year getting to do a lot more stuff meeting a lot of people and just yeah getting to talk about jurassic because i think this time last june i was really like uh we've got the film now how am i gonna keep doing <laughs> this stuff for another year like surely i'm gonna run out of content but there's always been stuff coming up and it's just been really really good no, I mean, if anything, that's why, you know, getting used to this podcasting model of, you know, kind of, you know, ever since the, you know, season one ended, it's just kind of been yeah. this, you know, a little bit less, more scattershot and stuff. And, but to be honest, it's like seeing what you're doing, what Brad's doing, what, you know, Jennifer or, you know, Chris, you know, Victoria, 
Um, you know, since, you know, Tim started collect Jurassic, like, oh, yeah. it, it, it's been one of those things where it's like, oh, everyone's playing. And I like, it's like, I want to play every week too. You know, like it, it, it's been <laughs> yeah. this thing of like, it's been nice, you know, and I've been encouraged to, to really kind of ramp it back up again. So I, I've been, it, it's again, and, and it's also amazing and a testament to, I think the Jurassic community that even if we're not getting <laughs> that much from the official side of things or from, you know, from the, from the direct line, we will find yeah. ways to still do stuff. It's, we've been life finds a way. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that was, per, we all said that was, was all perfectly set up for that final, uh, that final line. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been so cool to see everyone find ways to keep uh uh you know keep jurassic in their life every day kind of thing you know yeah no i think so for sure and i think like you say um with tim coming up especially it's been really cool because i've become really good friends with him um and he helps me get a lot of stuff i can't get in the uk especially halo stuff because i'm a big halo <laughs> fan as well um, and I get to write articles for Collect Jurassic. And I think that um, kind of the way he's popped up and other people have popped up is really a testament to how welcoming this community is. Like there's always new people popping up with new ideas, new concepts for things. And I think there's always space for more people to join this conversation. And I think that's really nice because that's one of the few things where I think, um, especially in Jurassic, we're kind of all on an even playing field and we're all talking about the same things we're all interacting with each other and it's really nice because i don't think you get that in many communities where they're so genuine and so warm and welcoming for everyone yeah no i agree and and in some ways you know we don't have uh we don't have a three-year or we, you know we have a three-year wait between movies we you know we don't have three movies a year like marvel or you know <laughs> i i think it's funny i mean i think now it's like you kind of have this scale of you have Marvel on one side who's doing it really well. And then you, you know, and they able to create a calendar like they have. And then yep. you have kind of star Wars in the middle. Like they're really trying to figure out what's best for them. And then you have Jurassic on the other side where it's like Universal's like, no, we will wait three years in between each movie. We, will, you know, <laughs> they're very, you know, it's, it's a little, in some ways it feels a little old fashioned, but in some ways maybe it's better that we're not overwhelmed with stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'd agree. I think oversaturation is definitely a thing. Um, I think it's normal when you're a fan to want more of something cause you love it, but 
you know more of something isn't always a good thing so sometimes if you take the things to give something time to breathe um it can really really shine and it can have a really really positive impact on the overall integrity of that brand as well yeah and also i think again like we've we've seen with our schedules you know I mean, Jurassic June last year was just packed. It was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't do everything. Like it literally was, Oh, Jeff Goldblum's going to be here at this thing or, Oh, here's another screening or here's another like fan event. Like, I think, I think maybe Samantha and Jennifer and Chris, like even when they were in LA, they like went to this, uh, I think it was at the like Disney hall or something where there was like a whole, you know, set up with some of the maquettes and animatronics. And it's like, I I can't even like, I can't make that. Like it just was. (laughs) So, I mean, if we had to do that, you know, every six months or whatever, or every few months, like with the Marvel movies, yeah, we'd probably, we, I wouldn't survive. I don't think. No, I think, yeah, like this has got a nice balance between having lots going on and having enough breathing room. And I think that's important. And I think to be honest with you, like, um, so I know I slate Universal quite a bit for not doing enough in some aspects, but I think in other aspects it's nice that they don't do so much because then it leaves fans with the opportunity to kind of step in and fill in that blank and really do their own thing. And that's why I think this um, community has become one that's so shaped by the people who are a part of it as opposed to being led by the brand. This community really is led by its fans first, and I think that's very unique because of, like you say, the form that these films still follow um, and continue to follow. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that that way. Yeah, because, yeah, we have to create kind of our own space in the meantime while while we wait. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's probably going to be even bigger for Jurassic World 3 because if we have this Camp Cretaceous next year, which is going to be a whole huge new arm to discuss and to talk about and think about. I mean, are we going to have Mattel toys based on Camp Cretaceous? According to the news out of San Diego Comic-Con this year, there will indeed be Mattel toys based on Camp Cretaceous. I'm so thrilled. You know, at this point, or, you know, I think, or it might not be out yet, but I mean, we're going to get Battle of Big Rock pretty soon, whatever that quote-unquote is. And that's a big nope on that one. Battle of Big Rock is currently MIA. Nobody knows if or when it's happening, if it still is at all. Sad emoji. Crying emoji. Sad crying cowboy emoji that we all want. I mean, I guess that we should just be appreciative that this is kind of being, the, this is the little breathing room, the calm before the storm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think that's always the case with Jurassic. It's a weird one because um, you get this time frame where there's not much going on and then it kind of all hits you at once. And it's interesting because although it wasn't on the same scale this year, I kind of felt the same a little bit with um, the start of Jurassic June. So obviously I got to go to Frontier and see the Claire Sanctuary DLC early, which yes. was really cool for um, Jurassic World Evolution. So I was like, oh, this is something bigger is coming out. And then all of a sudden Camp Cretaceous drops, the news about the filming of Big Rock drops. And I was just like, Whoa, it's all <laughs> happening in one go. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be really exciting because if anything, you know, we're all going to be now it's like we're just all getting ready. And so I'll just be excited like when that first, you know, title reveal or, you know, that's just going to be yep. electric because, again, it's like, you know, Jurassic World uh, was, you know, more personal as far as my own, you know, kind of you know that whole pre-release stuff and then fallen kingdom felt like a huge party and then it's like now we're all just going to be like kicking back and and you know 
you know, I mean, again, it's like at this point now with all the news of Bryce and Laura Dern, it's just like, uh, like <laughs> don't lead us on, please. You know, like we, yeah. I really hope that we, you know, that this is not just like a tease that, you know, that the original trio is going to return, that it's the real deal, even though it's so early right now to, to even it's... say anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not fully convinced that I'm buying it just yet just because I think it's very easy to when you're faced with like loads of cameras and people in your face asking you loads of questions to perhaps give off an idea that you don't mean to because it's just human nature to respond that way and to kind of like go along with whatever's happening. So, um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying it just yet. I'm going to wait and see maybe keep an eye on IMDB, see if they're spotted in the same places. Um, and then that will maybe add a little bit more credibility to it for me personally. Thank you, Tom. I needed, I needed that dose of realism today. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's just so early. I mean, to, to say anything concretely, you know? Um, yeah. I, yeah I, I'm not going to believe anything till we get that nice spread in a magazine, you know, where it shows, I don't know. Oh yeah, it just pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like where we get all the, you know, the original cast and then have everybody looking smart and cool, you know, because um, you know that's how they announce things to the world these days. Well, I guess they've been doing that for a while, but I, I'm just thinking of like the, um, like the Jurassic World spread where it was like Colin with the raptor and you know, kind of that yeah. like those, you know, big press, pressy splashes, you know, it's like, that's probably the way that they would use to reveal any big new, like if the original cast were coming back or something. I think so. Yeah. Because of their celebrity status, it's definitely something that I'd expect to see more in variety than, um, kind of like any culture magazine or anything. I think it would more be kind of that mainstream Hollywood culture that would embrace it first. Yeah. It's not news yet. It's it's yeah. it's very far from news at this point. It's just people having fun when they're in the same room together, probably. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see, though. You never know. Anything's possible. Yeah. This is just a dumb last question. Do you want Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler to get back together? Um, I think that what's best for the franchise, considering Ellie now has a family is that they do it the Taylor Swift way and say, we are never, ever getting back together. Uh, that, was, that was amazing, Tom. Uh, thank I you. really struggled saying that with a straight face. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Uh, thank you so much for joining me again. It's, it, I, I, you know, even though this won't necessarily come out, you know, today or anything like that, I, I kind of feel it, it's, it's, it's a nice privilege that we literally get to talk basically a year later since we were hanging out in it London. Is. Um, it's really cool which is a nice feeling and I definitely feel like I'll be back in London someday again I know you're coming out to Pittsburgh um, which is not not quite the west coast but um, you know you could (laughs) we're getting there slowly (laughs) yeah yeah you're just making your way out west you're you're following blue you know down to Los Angeles (laughs) well I, I tell you what it is my one goal to get invited to the premiere in 2021. So I am planning on being in LA in 2021. And I will literally just rock up at the premiere if I'm not invited and be like, please let me in. Look, Emily, Colin, Frank, we got to, we got to get Tom. We got to get Tom at the premiere. I think, I think we can do one thing between now and 2021. (laughs) We can make that happen. 
I promise I'll be on my best behavior. I won't steal any dinosaurs. You're not gonna go. You're not gonna go, Billy Brennan, on them. Um, I mean, I do happen to have a very similar bag sitting next to me in preparation, but you know, it's totally a coincidence. Yeah, pay it no, pay it no mind. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Tom. This has been such a blast. Um, you know, and I'm sure we'll be. You know, we'll uh, we'll be chatting again in the future. There's just so much to talk about. (laughs) There's just literally so much to talk about. And I do have my nice little plan for my Jurassic Park podcast segments, um, which has got your name on it as a potential guest. So I need to sort that out at some point. Um, And yeah, definitely. You know, we always talk around the podcast anyway. So for sure. Thanks so much for listening. You can find Tom online at the Jurassic Park podcast and on social at Tom underscore Jurassic on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget that this month's listener question is, if they were to make more Jurassic Park movies after Jurassic World 3, what would you want to see? Call and leave your thoughts at 323-688-6969, or send me an email at cjurassicred at gmail.com, or just comment on one of the many social posts, or in the Facebook group at Podcast. As always, follow cjurassicred on Instagram at cjurassicred, on Twitter at sjrpod, and of course, join the Facebook group by searching See Jurassic Right Podcast. And follow me at Stephen Ray Morris. I'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.